everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Full Circle Podcast. I'm Gillian McMichael and I feel honoured to have you listening today as we explore the topic of accepting a life that you hadn't planned for as part of this season's theme of discovery. I have a very special guest with me today who has discovered that there is joy in embracing a life that was not expected and perhaps even unwelcome. Joe Powell-Main began dancing at the age of four. Whilst in the early stages of training in Newton in mid-Wales, Joe's dance teacher recognised incredible potential for ballet. At just 10 years old, Joe successfully auditioned for the Royal Ballet School and trained there for four years. During his time with the ballet, Joe performed with the Royal Ballet in Nutcracker and in Peter and the Wolf at the Royal Opera House in London. As a teenager, whilst he was training at the Royal Ballet, he suffered a series of injuries, leaving him with long-term damage to his left leg. This left him unable to dance, overwhelmed with depression and feeling out of touch with who he once was. After acquiring his disability, Joe stopped dancing for three years, eventually returning to dance classes in a wheelchair. Today, Joe is Wales' first professional ballet dancer with a disability. He has competed in numerous competitions and was named the UK National Para Dance Champion in solo freestyle and also combi freestyle with his sister Holly. And just last year, he performed at the Paralympics GB homecoming event following the Tokyo 2020 Paralympic Games. Joe teaches us that major life changes are a part of life and that when curveballs hit us, it's normal to feel anger, fear or sadness, but that with the right mindset, facing your new circumstances can take you to incredible new heights. I'm delighted to have him on the show today and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome, Joe, to our conversation today. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well and delighted that you're here to have this conversation with us. So thank you very much for joining our conversation today. So our theme this season is talking all around belonging. And today specifically, we're going to talk about finding acceptance and embracing a life that perhaps you hadn't planned, but also dance inclusion, because I know that's very something that you're very passionate about. So I thought what might be quite good before we get into the depth of our conversation is to maybe just go right back, all the way back to the first memory that you can remember of dancing. Yeah, absolutely. So my parents have told me that when I was a very small baby, if music came on for an advert or anything like that, I'd be bouncing along to that. So that was kind of, I think, sort of my first introduction to anything to do with dance or sort of music related as far as I know. But I actually started doing dance when I was about four years old. So both me and my sister, we went along to a modern dance class locally. We both really enjoyed it. We also stayed and did the tap class as well. And then the teacher kind of said to both of us, oh, I can see some potential for ballet here. Would Joe, you know, like to do that? And I kind of said yes. And so that's sort of where it all started, really. That's amazing. And so tell me then, obviously, you was quite young at that age. And so how did then your dance experience progress into your kind of, you know, early teenage years? From then, I, I sort of decided, you know, I think at that age, I didn't really 
know too much about ballet. I'd just seen like a couple of clips on the television and, and things like that. So my mum actually took me and my sister to watch Swan Lake by English National Ballet in Liverpool. And we both really enjoyed it. And I think that was sort of the first kind of inkling that I had that I kind of knew that I, I wanted to do this. From then, I decided I wanted to take classes and training a little bit more seriously. So I originally only went, I think, once a week. But then I decided that I wanted to increase that to two times a week. So I did that. And then obviously, I know everyone sort of says the Billy Elliot story. And that's sort of one of the cliches um, of boys (laughs) coming into dance Um, but I went to watch the musical I think it was when it sort of first opened in London and I think I really identified with with the story and it was almost like oh well Billy Elliot wanted to go to the Royal Ballet School so that was kind of something that I wanted to do as well. Amazing and at that point you'd obviously decided then ballet was the thing for you. Absolutely, yes, yes. What was it about ballet then that kind of captured your heart? For me, I think music kind of affects me a lot. When I hear music, I kind of can't help but want to to move to it, really. Um, And I think, especially with having seen that production of Swan Lake, I really, really enjoyed, you know, listening to the music and kind of seeing how all the dancers (laughs) move to it. Um, So I think that really appealed to me. But also, I I think I've always been really interested in theatre and sort of how it works. And I remember that I used to have, as a small child, one of these books that was like a pop-up theatre and, you know, I liked to move all the scenery and things around. And and so I think I was sort of quite interested in that. But I think at that stage, what sort of captured my heart about ballet was that, you know, the music was really emotive. And I think I felt it just really suited my personality. And so... That was kind of why I decided to, to go with ballet as opposed to, you know, yeah, tap or modern. And no hesitation whatsoever. No, absolutely not. I do remember that my first ballet teacher kind of asked my mum, well, would my dad be okay with me doing ballet? Because obviously, even now, there's still some stigma about, you know, male dancers doing ballet. And I think she'd we live in Wales and it's quite a big farming community so I think sometimes they were expecting like farmers expecting their sons to sort of go into farming following their parents kind of thing and I think she'd come across um, a couple of uh, boys who were possibly interested in dance but their dads didn't allow them to do it but um, no my dad was more than happy for me to do that so Amazing. So good support from the family all around. Absolutely. So tell us, as a teenager then, you were faced with some setbacks that put your dance training on pause for a while. So can you share with us a little bit more about what happened there? Yeah, absolutely. So I was very lucky that I fulfilled my ambition and I auditioned for the Royal Ballet School. And so I attended the Royal Ballet School, Lower School, which is in White Lodge in Richmond Park for three and a half years. I was very lucky that I had some experiences of performing with the Royal Ballet at Covent Garden. So I I really enjoyed that. But I think as a dancer, I'm very lucky that I'm quite naturally flexible and mobile, which is kind of good for ballet. 
but for life it's not the best because you sort of have to work a little bit harder to control everything so I'd always had to work that little bit harder to maintain strength and, and everything and what happened was I went from being one of the smallest in my year so I think I was at least a head and a bit shorter than my mum and then within six months I grew and I was a head and a bit taller than my mum and unfortunately combined with my flexibility as well things just hadn't really caught up so I was doing training I think we were doing something like eight hours of ballet a day Um, and I think because of that sort of stress on my body I developed an injury that originally started in my right knee but then because I had put so much pressure on my left leg to compensate I developed into an injury in my left knee as well and because of that I then ended up having an operation on my left knee when I was 14 years old. And so what happened after that? How did that affect things? Because obviously there's recovery that's involved in all of that but but what happened for you then? So I think with my injury, like the injury itself and the operation, it it wasn't like a, a serious injury per se, but because of it being in the knee and there's a lot of nerves surrounding that area, it was very painful. And from what I was told by one of the consultants, as sort of a natural reflex, my left quad had sort of shut off. So I was having difficulty bending my leg at all. And, I, you know, before surgery, I, I had a bit of a, a weird limp, shall we say, which, you know, it, it was it was quite difficult for me to move around so I had the surgery and what was quite interesting is the consultant actually said even under the anaesthetic he had like quite severe difficulty bending my leg which was it was it was quite surprising and I think I still don't fully understand why that was but after my uh, surgery I had a few complications so even after you know having part of the soft tissue trimmed inside my knee which which was what the surgery was I was still finding it very difficult to to bend my left leg yeah it was quite a journey to then you know going through a lot of physio appointments basically learning how to walk again on on crutches and things like that and so that that was quite difficult and I did make quite a lot of progress But then unfortunately, just over a year later, I was involved in um, a serious car accident as well, which kind of put any progression (laughs) that I'd I'd gained sort of right back to the start again. And also because I think I was so sort of traumatised as well after the car accident, you know, that, that sort of made everything worse as well. God, I can imagine. Gosh, that's quite... I mean, it's bad enough having the operation, having to stop dancing, but then obviously on top of that, having the accident and can make that obviously 10 times worse. So can you remember what it felt like, that kind of having that injury and then thinking, oh my goodness, you know, what what was going on for you at that time? Yeah, so I... You know, I, I sort of thrown everything into dance. It was it was difficult for me because I had to board while I was at White Lodge training. But I think what kind of got me through it was, you know, well, I'm doing it because I'm able to do dance and that was sort of my, my release. But, you know, with, with that taken away, I, I think I sort of went into a period of, of depression and, you know, it was it was difficult to sort of get out of bed in the morning and, and do things because I, I just wasn't sure what I was gonna gonna do with my life really and obviously I'd, I'd loved performing and I'd loved dancing from a very young age and I was just kind of like well, well what am I gonna do now and I just wasn't sure for quite a few years. 
Yeah, and I can imagine, because obviously I suppose when you've put all your focus and all your aspirations into one thing, it's very difficult then, isn't it, to think about, well, what happens now? And when you kind of went into a bit more of that kind of depression, did you feel like lost? How, how did it feel? Yeah, I, I definitely felt lost. I think what was difficult as well is where I live we're kind of in the middle of nowhere so it's like countryside all around um and any sort of friendships that I'd formed with anyone you know during my primary school years when I'd gone away to ballet school because I'd not seen them for for a while I sort of I'd lost touch with that as well so I think I felt quite lonely and isolated and I think it was quite difficult for me to express to anyone sort of how I was feeling because dance had always been the thing that I'd been able to, you know, express my emotions through. So definitely without that, I, yeah, I just didn't really know what to do. I didn't really know kind of what the future was going to look like. And to be honest, I found it really, really difficult, you know, if anyone mentioned dance or anything to do with ballet, like, I just, I couldn't be around that. So, you know, that that was very, very difficult for me. I can imagine. So how did you get through that phase in your life? What happened? How did you manage? Yeah, so um, after the car accident, I... I really did struggle to sort of even step foot out the house and I didn't want to go in the car or anything like that. But what happened was is my sister had continued with her dancing. Um, she'd also gone away to a vacation of school, but she'd sort of been on her own journey and she'd had problems with her back, which meant that performing for her would probably not be the best idea. So she made the decision to go into training to be a ballet teacher and so she went to the Royal Academy of Dance and they put together like a small performance to perform at Move It in London and my mum went down to watch and while she was there she saw a stand for Wheelchair Dance Association classes for Latin and ballroom dancing um, for wheelchair users and because I'd been using a wheelchair at that point because it was difficult for me to get around she thought that maybe this was something that I, I might be interested in because at least for the short term because at that point we didn't know how long I was going to be using a wheelchair for I'd still be able to you know dance just in a completely different way. And were you motivated though because obviously the way that you described it felt that you were quite low and quite isolated as you said and really felt it, it was a very difficult time so curious around you know when that was presented were you energetic how, how, how were you in those moments? I think when it was first presented to me, I didn't really take any notice of it. And I think I was still sort of in the mindset of, you know, I don't really want anything to do with dance because it was just too painful for me. I think I'd sort of made quite a bit of progress in terms of, you know, I I was beginning to look at other things. And whilst it was it was almost like a stopgap, so I did enjoy doing them, I think I knew deep down that because it wasn't dance and it wasn't performing, it didn't just quite fulfil me as I had been in the past. So I don't think I really wanted to go to these classes, but I think with a little bit of tough love from my mum, it was probably the best decision. We looked around for some classes near where I was, but there wasn't really anything around. But 
we had frequently gone up and visited my granddad because he lives in Buxton and this class was in Manchester. So it was sort of like, well, we're there. We may as well try it and, you know, kind of what what have I got to lose, really? Amazing. And I suppose at that point, that sense of demotivation around dancing, I'm just kind of curious around that, obviously you did go back, which sounds, and it was great, and you've obviously continued with dance, but just at that moment, you know, what was your mindset at the time? Yeah, I think I was still coming off the back of feeling really unmotivated. I honestly, you know, I wasn't sure whether it was something that was going to work for me, whether it was going to be something that I enjoyed. I think I was probably a little bit worried about, you know, judgment from others because I hadn't really been in a setting where there was a lot of people around me um, up until that point. So yeah, I definitely don't think it was something that I thought was going to work or at that point was something that I wanted to do. But I think with the support of my mom and my sister especially you know they were like well it's dancing it's just in a different way and I think as well this will probably come up later on but because I hadn't really seen many dancers using wheelchairs yeah I think maybe I had a bit of preconceived notion because I I wasn't sure what to expect but what I liked when I went to that first class was that everyone was really friendly everyone was really happy and joyous and I think it was just nice to be able to move again to music even if it if it was a, in a completely different way and I think I was as quite lucky as well because of my previous dance training you know I had to be quite independent by watching others I think I learned quite a bit because when I first started I, I think I found it quite difficult to sort of move the chair but mm-hmm watching others really really helped me because you said right at the very beginning you know that kind of dance was a form of self-expression and was showing how how you felt in those moments and so I'm assuming it did feel very different at the very beginning when you went into the when you was doing dance in the chair in the wheelchair absolutely it was really weird because it almost felt like it it wasn't dance because it wasn't what I'd experienced previously But at the same time, because of how things had sort of ended with my training, having it feel like it hadn't been in the past was also a really, really positive thing. And I think I went away and did a little bit of research about, you know, dancers in wheelchairs and, you know, competitions that they do in Latin and Borum. And and when you type that in on YouTube, some of the things that come up are, are completely amazing. And you're just like, well, it's amazing because a standing dancer who who doesn't use a wheelchair wouldn't be able to do something like that. And, you know, I think that sort of research as well and, and having a look into it really inspired me to think, well, this is definitely something that I could I could see myself doing, at least in the short term and and see what happens, really. Yeah. So I'm curious around at what point in your life then did you decide I'm going to take charge again. I'm going to get back to where I want to be. Yeah, so um, my trainer um, at that point at the wheelchair dance group was really sort of encouraging towards me. And he was kind of really interested that I look into taking part in wheelchair and Latin ballroom competitions. And I think I was still a little bit hesitant because, you know, I'd had that experience before. But 
you know, I decided, oh, I'll just go for it and kind of see what happens, really. And I had some really, really positive experiences and it sort of brought back the joy of performing and the joy of dancing for me. And then it was almost like, well, I've done one competition, like, what can I do next? So I felt like I was I was always aiming for, you know, sort of the, the next thing that I could look towards. I got invited to a competition in Bratislava that I was going to go to, but unfortunately, because of ill health, I, I wasn't able to go. But, you know, sort of having that incentive to, to kind of perform again and, and, and see what else is out there really, really helped me. And I think from then I was like, well, I've not seen a ballet dancer that uses a wheelchair before, so why can't it be possible? And so I thought, you know what, I I want to do this. I just started um, a course in performing arts at, at college and they were talking about job prospects and I was like, well, I just, I don't know where am I going to fit in in that? Um, would I have a job with someone? Would they look at me being a wheelchair user and think it's it's not possible? And, and so I thought, well, you know what, it, it's probably going to be a challenging journey. So why don't I sort of, take the leap and, and take charge and, and start posting videos of me doing dance on social media and YouTube and, and exploring poss- possibilities within ballet and hopefully someone might reach out and be in a similar situation and I, I can connect with others so I think that was kind of the, the point that I was like right I'm going to take charge and, and see what happens. How did it feel taking charge because when you're talking it sounds really exciting and there's a shift in your energy there so I'm wondering when you made that decision kind of how did it impact you and how did it make you feel? I think it felt really empowering because mm-hmm. I think as well it's a weird thing to say but with with ballet there's sort of an there has been a culture within it that you're at the I don't want to say mercy but kind of you don't really have much of an opinion especially when you're training and you're kind of a vehicle for a choreographer or a director to use and, and and get their vision across. So a lot of the time you probably wouldn't have a have a say in, in, in things. So I think that was kind of something that I'd held on to a little bit from from my training and also other than when I'm performing on the stage, I'm I'm naturally quite a shy person anyway. I'm someone who would rather sit back and listen than, than you know, be quite vocal. But I think I was a little bit worried thinking about when they were talking about, you know, prospects in, in, in the profession and, and what could be possible. And I was I was thinking, well, if I don't take the lead on this and, and sort of have that control, you know, there may not be opportunities for me. So I'd read about, you read about people that, that post things on social media and they get spotted, you know, by talent scouts and that kind of starts their career off and so I thought well why can't I do the same and so tell us what happened after that so you get yourself out there you're taking charge it's empowering you're putting things up on social media so people are seeing you dance in a wheelchair doing ballet what happens I started posting a lot of videos um I did a collaboration with a company in Manchester where I was college um which was company chameleon and they had like um an event that was taking place um in sort of the easter holidays where it was getting as many boys into dancing 
as as much as possible really and I went along and was part of that and I did sort of like a site specific performance and I really really enjoyed that um and I got a lot of positive feedback which was really great and sort of boosted my confidence as well I then sort of started looking at auditioning for degree courses in dance and musical theatre and things like that and I think I was getting a lot of no's you know like it it wasn't possible and I I was a bit like you know I've had performance experience before so I was hoping that they would look on that quite favourably but maybe there was an element of that they kind of weren't sure whether it was going to be possible for for someone like me so you know that that was quite difficult I went along to an audition um for the Arden School of Theatre in Manchester and I did like a a solo piece and I actually (laughs) this is a funny story I actually fell out of the wheelchair during my audition (laughs) um because I have a move that I like to do um it's like a massive back bend but I I think on that day it must have been like adrenaline and I was like I'm gonna really go for it I'm gonna really (laughs) show um and I must have gone for it a little bit too much and I took the wheelchair up and fell out so I was like oh no I, I I've messed it up but what was strange is that the the audition panel actually thought it was part of the routine so Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know (laughs) I just sort of carried on like it hadn't really happened but then a director of Axis Dance Company in America which is um, a contemporary physically integrated dance company with dancers who have disabilities dancers who don't he got in contact with me and said oh, have you heard of Ballet Cymru in, in Wales? Why don't I put you in touch with them? I'm like an associate director there and I'm sure that they'd be really, really interested to meet you and and see what, what was possible. Um, and so that was really, really exciting. And I was put in contact with them and I was invited to participate in one of their summer courses as well, which was really fun. I think, again, I was a bit nervous because I was like, well, are people going to look at me and think I shouldn't be there? But no, I really, really enjoyed it. And so I sort of went back into my second year at, at university doing dance and performance and was like, you know, there's possibilities here. Um, I stayed in contact with Ballet Cymru as well. Yeah, I was going to say, d- did you start to feel more confident at that juncture? You know, were you feeling more confident in... And also, I suppose, accepting that this may be how you may dance in the future? Yeah, definitely. I think when I first began this journey, I thought that maybe it would be a temporary thing. So being a dancer with a disability, I thought that maybe that would be just for sort of a finite period of time. But then I I realised, I think, as kind of things went on, that this was probably going to be a longer term thing for me. And originally that was quite difficult for me to accept because, you know, I still sort of have the memories of of what I was able to do before. But when people started giving, like, really positive feedback and I got was put in contact with Ballet Cymru, I think that really did help me accept that, you know, even though I had a disability, I have differing abilities to, to a standing dancer and they're just as valid and they're just... and they should be celebrated just as much so I think that really helped that's amazing thank you for sharing that so I know that you describe yourself as a differently able dancer so tell me more about that statement and why is that term important to you 
Yes. So I think what's been interesting to me is speaking to other people with, with disabilities that we, everyone sort of has their own sort of way um, of identifying themselves, terms that they prefer to be used, terms that they don't. And I think it's really, really interesting that everyone has these subjective thoughts and, and quite diverse opinions. I think for me, because I had been looking and trying to get in contact with organisations, I felt that the word disability tended tended to put them off quite a little bit. And that was quite disappointing because especially when you're auditioning against a dancer who doesn't have a disability, you know, there's automatically that judgment there of you're not as able as that other dancer, which isn't the case. So I think for me, you know, I was doing a bit of research and, and again, looking at, you know, other dancers with disabilities and I came across the word differently abled. And I felt that that did apply to me because, you know, yes, I'm a dancer with a disability, but I have differing abilities to a standing dancer because I can do things on crutches and in, in my wheelchair that maybe wouldn't be possible for a standing dancer. So. You know, I'm definitely not opposed to the word disabled, but I think because of my sort of negative experiences, I felt that differently abled summed up who I was better because I'm a dancer, but I don't want to be defined by the fact that I use a wheelchair. The wheelchair or crutches is just part of who I am and allows me to do the stuff that I do. And I'm not saying that there's no challenges with that because there are many challenges and some that still need to continue to be addressed, but it doesn't define who I am as a person. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I can hear that and you sound so convincing. You know, obviously you're very convincing when you say that and I can hear how much that, how important and meaningful that is. So obviously you have also wanted to raise everybody else's awareness around this as well. And so what's your take on inclusion in dance and where societies around it and what should we be doing more of so i feel like there's been a lot of progression and that's been really really exciting i've been very lucky that i've worked with a couple of organizations um i did some work with ballet cymru i'm now more of a freelance dancer but what was interesting to me is that i've also been doing it like a some work with the royal ballet and that that's quite i feel a significant change because I think people had sort of got this idea of, you know, what the Royal Ballet was and it's it's quite a strict company and everyone has to look kind of a certain way. But I was really, really excited and really happy that, you know, I feel like they were they were proving things wrong. And hopefully by having me there as well, you know, as a dancer that uses a wheelchair and crutches and doing some work with them, I felt that that was a massive shift. And I feel like that was really, really exciting, um, not just for me, but for other dancers that were, are hopefully going to come after me as well. I think, to be honest, what kind of society needs to do, I think it's kind of more of the same, really. There are definitely challenges. Like I, I did some touring work and, and performing in theatres that weren't always the most accessible was really, really difficult. But I think if someone who's in a, in a similar position to me is able to have a voice and have an opinion and bring up these challenges in a sensitive and, and constructive way, I feel like they can be addressed and hopefully 
steps can be put in place to, to make things easier in terms of accessibility. But I think there's been a lot of positive reaction um, from performances that I've done, and I've been really, really thankful for that. I mean, sometimes you will have that one person that will make a, a snap judgment. So if anyone, you know, is to make a judgment, what I would kind of say to them is, before you make a judgment, have a have a look at what's going on, because hopefully you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there's always going to be a stigma, even if people say that there's not a stigma, I think there, there can still be that stigma there. And I think, I think it sounds from what you're doing is, is more or less saying, well, look, hey, at least watch and see what's capable rather than making a decision just like that because that's kind of what you might might want to do so I think that's really interesting and I love the fact because it feels and as you've been talking this you know since you made that decision to take charge it feels like you know you're in a very not much more but a very empowering position not only for yourself but also supporting potentially others out there that could be in a similar situation who perhaps you know, in a sense, you're kind of leading the way in many ways. Yeah, hopefully I am. I think, you know, and there can be two sides to that. I feel like there's a lot of responsibility. Um, and sometimes you can think that if it doesn't always go as well as it could do, you're like, well, am I letting down other dancers like me? But I think at the same time, it's important that maybe you recognise if, if things don't always go the correct way because if you don't voice those opinions then then nothing's going to change so I think that took me a while to learn but I, I feel like I'm, I'm starting to get there so that's that's quite exciting for me personally anyway. <laughs> so you've obviously had a really interesting journey and so there's a couple of questions I've got for you before we kind of wrap up our conversation but the first one is around what have you personally learned about yourself through this whole experience? I would say that sometimes the biggest setback can sort of also be the greatest strength. So I think that Mm. with the setbacks I had at the time, I was thinking like this was it. But with setbacks, I feel like I've almost been at sort of the worst end. And so it's like that was really bad surely any other setbacks can't be as bad as that but also you know it, it it's taken me on a, on a completely different journey and and something that I really really didn't expect to happen and I think even though it, it was difficult and it was challenging I think for that I am really grateful lovely thank you and what would you say to others you know for perhaps people who are kind of differently abled um, in terms of a similar situation or, or different situation but what advice would you give them about still pursuing their dreams? I think it it's to never think that anything isn't possible. When I first started on this journey and, and seeing what was possible I was really worried that being a dancer with a disability that uses crutches in a wheelchair I was not going to be accepted at all but I think if you have a strong enough conviction and a want to do it then you're halfway there there are organizations out there and companies that are really open to things and I've been very very lucky to work with a few of them so I would say to anyone who's you know beginning this journey or in a similar situation to me do it hopefully by doing a bit of research that can you know make you feel like this is possible because I do believe that anything is possible and also you know, I'm more than willing to 
you know, support anyone who's who's going on a similar journey to me. And I found that reaching out to others who who were in a similar situation really did help me as well. So just don't think that you're on your own. There are a lot of the people out there and yeah. just believe that anything's possible, really. Yeah, those are really important messages. So what I heard there was absolutely the biggest setback can be your greatest strength in terms of the opportunity to grow. Um, you then talked obviously about that, you know, I suppose in a sense, don't give up because there is opportunity and there's potential and there's there's definitely opportunity out there. So that's the whole sense of shifting the mindset um, in particular and nothing is impossible. So you've achieved so much in your career so far and you're still only very young, uh, but as your kind of career so far as a dancer, do you have a specific career highlight today? Anything that's like, oh my gosh, that was my bestest or my most favouritest moment? I think my most favourite moments to date, it has to be doing work with the Royal Ballet performing at the Paralympic homecoming ceremony and then also recently um, I've just done a little bit of guest work with them for their spring draft works program which sort of celebrates new choreographic talent Um, I feel like that's definitely a highlight for me because it's almost kind of brought me that full circle and it's it's been really exciting to see that you know attitudes within the classical ballet world are definitely shifting and that's that's been really really positive and to be honest I every single sort of experience I've had so far of working with the Royal Ballet has been really really positive so yeah that's I think that's probably been my highlight. (laughs) And throughout this kind of journey this discovery that you've had around self your physicality the impossible to the possible what would you say is, is the biggest message of all that you can share with our listeners around that sense of connection, belonging, achievement, I suppose? Yeah, I, th- I think sometimes, and particularly I think because I'm a dancer, I think dancers are uber critical of themselves. I think sometimes you kind of just have to take a step back. I didn't realise it at the time, but actually having those enforced breaks from dance even though it was really really hard kind of was quite a positive thing for me as well because when I came back to it I think I came back with a completely different mindset so I think as much as you can I think it's just really really important to embrace yourself and kind of every sort of bit of you really I know that I've experienced people making judgments and and saying things that in comments that weren't probably nice to hear or the most helpful and when you hear that that can be quite hurtful but I think I've sort of had to take a step back and be like well I'm okay with who I am if someone else isn't that then that's that's their problem really so yeah that's kind of what I would say don't worry as so much about what other people think as long as you're confident and you're happy with you who you are that's the most important thing yeah, absolutely. And I, I would concur with that message. Don't worry about what other people think, but it's, it's it's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Absolutely. And so to date then, when you look back on your journey from when you was a little boy to where you are now, what would you say has been the biggest discovery that you've found about yourself? I would probably say something that's really surprised me is that I think I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was because I, I, I think 
people have, have sort of judged and, you know, I've probably taken on, as as we were saying, some of other people's judgments, thinking because I'm quite a sensitive and emotional kind of person that that's a sign of weakness, but I don't think it is really. And I think I've really, really surprised myself because at points I thought, you know, when I came across a challenge when someone's seeing me as a, a dancer in a wheelchair that, you know, and they said it wasn't going to be possible, there was times where I thought I I should just give this up and stop. But then something in within me kind of made me keep going on that journey. And I've definitely had mm-hmm. a lot of support from my family as well. I think I've discovered that I'm a lot stronger than I, than I, than I thought I was. That's amazing. So a lot stronger than you thought you was. And actually try not to worry too much about others. And if you can, embrace yourself. Amazing. Really great insights. And thank you so much for sharing all of that, Joe. That's amazing. So if people want to find out more about where you are and what you do and the organisations that you support, where can people find you? So I'm on social media. I have Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And also I have my own website. So if you type in Joe Powell Main Dance, it should come up and it kind of covers a bit of my journey and also sort of what I'm up to at the moment and a little bit about my hopes and dreams for the future. And um, I also have a portion of my website where I, as often as I can, I I do like a, a blog post and kind of address some of the challenges of navigating the dance world as as a wheelchair and and crutch user and I'm really interested to to hear other people's experiences as well and reaching out and and connecting with other dancers like me lovely amazing and just before you go because you mentioned your hopes and dreams so tell me what those hopes and dreams are for the future my hopes and dreams for the future is that I continue to sort of work with as many different dance companies as possible I've sort of moved into more of a freelance capacity at the moment and that has been really really exciting for me I've really really enjoyed working with the Royal Ballet so I would love to continue kind of developing a working relationship with them I found it really enjoyable so I I hope they have as well and I've got a few ideas um, of how we could fingers crossed continue to work together Listen, thank you, Joe. That's been lovely talking to you. And I wish you all the very best in your dancing and all the projects that you're thinking about for the future. It's been lovely talking to you. So, yeah, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Oh, thank you for having me. I love talking with Joe. I found that when he said the biggest setbacks can also be your greatest strength. I just thought it was really empowering. And it reminded me that when we are on our journey to coming home to our true self, to do what we're meant to do, life will throw hurdles and roadblocks in our way. Some of those we can move quite easily. And in Joe's case, not so easily. And he took time out. You know, he couldn't face dance because he'd lost himself. But when he returned home, he found himself dancing in a wheelchair. And for me, I'm in admiration of that strength and courage. What I really enjoyed about our discussion was the honesty around embracing self, doing what he wanted and taking charge of his life. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and are equally as inspired as I am. (music) 